0: Welcome to a very special crossover episode of Superhero Speak with the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host Dave. John's not here. I'm JD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, I I am Mike Gilbert, and thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate you uh, letting me be on the show.
0: No, this is great. So, of course, we'll get into it uh, at the end of, near the end, as we always do. But we're here to talk about the Iron Claw and the whole. That's the whole reason I thought this was a great opportunity to do a crossover. And John's being a little bitch and refused to see the movie.
2: John is, in fact, a little bitch. So (laughs) he he didn't even. Here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. I love John because John gets us to. Hello, James Burton. Good to see you, my friend. John gets us to out of the comfort zone sometimes. I refuse to watch anime, but I make jokes about it. See, Mike, there are limits to my nerddom. And (laughs) he's like, we should go watch Godzilla minus one. I'm like, yeah, let's watch Godzilla minus one. That's a great idea. And I wound up being like, dude, it's one of the best movies of the year. I absolutely loved it. So then I rec- I highly recommended Iron Claw on last week, two weeks ago. We were on last week, two weeks ago's episode. We were like, when, Dave, when the hell did we record that? Was that two weeks ago or a week ago? I don't even remember. We recorded it on like a Wednesday and I put it up Friday. So like a Oh, that's why. A that, yeah. That is why I messed up. All right. That makes much more sense. So I record I'm like, hey, Iron Claw is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Blah, blah, blah. And then Dave's like, hey, let's review this movie. And I'm like, yeah. Fuck, let's do this. Let's talk Iron Claw. Let's talk wrestling. So then John just totally went off the not returning messages. (laughs) Hey, Ronnie Pena, thanks for joining us tonight, my friend. See, look, I share it to my Facebook page for like the first time ever, and I'm getting people who don't normally listen to the show listen to the show. That's a good buddy of mine. Thanks, Ronnie. So, yeah, but John's a little and won't talk about some movie. So instead, we got one of my dearest friends in the whole world, the co-host, the actually the leader, I'm the co-host, realistically speaking, of the Mike and JD show, streaming live every Thursday night at 11.30 Eastern, 10.30 Central, the great Mike Gilbert, the guy who keeps the, our other show running, because as Dave will tell you, all I do is make jokes. I'm sure yeah, I, I, you
1: both can agree I, with that. I, 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 I,
2: I,
0: I've got a really strong feeling that Mike is the Mike and JD's version of me,
1: <laughs> yeah, I honestly, Dave, I feel like you and I could just do a whole podcast where we just bitch about JD. I think <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty, I think that's accurate. I'm pretty sure that could be a thing. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, I like, to, we, to be fair, I'm I'm never. JD show, but I am late to almost yeah. every superhero speak because I have to poop constantly <laughs> on Sunday nights after dinner.
1: Yeah, he JD also understands that when he's doing a show with a master sergeant, you don't show up late. That just never happens. Uh, so we're we're yeah, always on would, time.
2: He would, <laughs> he would he would yell out immensely if I were so <laughs> I respect the chain of command and I'm on time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, wait, let's see. Ronnie says <laughs> what Ronnie's saying, do wrestlers watch wrestlers, especially the Von Eric brothers? man that's what i'm saying this is one of my good wrestling buddies from illinois so glad he could be watching with us tonight so i'm super excited to talk about this movie i'm super excited to have my two worlds collide and this should be a lot of fun hopefully my internet doesn't crap out as we were having problems with it on our show last week how was everyone's new year's let's start with that
0: how since mike is the guest here how was your new year's mike
1: Man, my my New Year's was really great. So we had these this grand plan where we were. So I, I live in Hawaii. I don't know if you know that, Dave. But I, it's yeah, I, I,
0: it's funny because I'll be honest, I haven't really watched this, your show much before. So I watched. I know your your Christmas episode <laughs> where you guys were talking about movies, yeah. and yeah, so I, I learned a lot that I knew you're have a military background now, and then. You live in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, so I'm stationed at at Pearl Harbor Hickam, so it's like a joint base, an Air Force Navy joint base, Pearl Harbor Hickam. And uh, dude, New Year's Eve is huge out here. It's like a huge like party night, craziness just going on all night. Well, I'm a I'm a 40 year old dad with a wife and a kid, and so we did have plans to go spend New Year's on the beach and watch the fireworks because there's fireworks everywhere. And my wife like actually made the plan. Like hey, this is what we're doing. And then by 6.30 p.m., she's like, I'm exhausted. I think we're going to go to bed early tonight. So I went to bed at 10 p.m. on New Year's, and I was happy with that. I was good with it. <laughs> I got up like, on New Year's Day. I got up at like 5 in the morning, had a cup of coffee, went for a run. Like I, that, that was how I started my New Year. I started it off. My, my New Year's was tremendous. Cool.
2: How about you, JD? Well, I coached days leading up to New Year's, so I was pretty busy. And then Andy and Michelle took the trip to her dad's house, Wisconsin they were in bed so i was just and i said all right i'm gonna see in the new year by myself on the couch and i did that And i stayed up i think i was watching like professor of rock videos on youtube and then at 1207 i went okay i'm going to bed now <laughs> i didn't i spent the rest of the week by myself with the dog sounds yeah. exciting <laughs> i'll do it's this all i do is all i do is coach like my whole life revolves around coaching at this point. Yeah. And I got no problem with that I love doing it. That's what I'm, it's what I live for. My family came back today and uh, tomorrow we start school. So I'm good to get back because I'm bored and I need some structure. <laughs> I need you guys. I need people telling me what to do, or I'm going to fall apart. Like, Michelle was gone for a week and I'm just like sleeping all hours. Like I'm not going to bed in time. Like I'm a wreck. It's left to my own devices. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. If Mike and I didn't have a show last week, I don't know if I'd have cleaned up. Realistically speaking, I might have just been wallowing in filth. Sounds, How about uh, you, Dave? How was right. Year's?
0: I was good. Um, it's hey. funny because <laughs> it's it's a uh,
2: it, um. I guess I was the more the most wild <laughs> of the three here because um, you got like a girlfriend and a social life, and we're like dads. Like you, you're past yeah. all my stuff. I'm a dad too, but my youngest. Is your your kids like so. what? 21, yeah, 21 now. Yeah. I, know, I, I yeah. was gonna say 18, or I got old on me, yeah, man. You're like past all this stuff. We got like little kids, like you're right, ah. yeah. So, we
0: ended up going to like a Christmas light show, which was I can't remember what town it was in, but it was like a half hour drive. Then we went back to her house and drank a little too much, ordered hot wings, and, and then watched the ball drop. And then I will say, though, I was we were in bed probably by 12 yeah. 31 o'clock.
2: Is that a euphemism, then- Dave?
0: No, it really wasn't. We were both exhausted, oh, okay. and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but it's funny because I I sympathize too with the small kids. I called my son because he wasn't with us. He mm-hmm. went and did his own thing, but I did call him at midnight and said happy mid, Happy New Years to him. I knew I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna call my daughter. I talked to her the next morning because yes, they were all in bed by seven thirty because she has. Uh, five-year-old twins, and yeah, yeah, and and a three-year-old. So yeah, they were all in bed by seven thirty.
2: So, you're right, Mike. What's that, Mike? Your daughter's five, right?
1: She yeah, she turned five back in September. Okay, so same age.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I get it. (laughs) I'm sure they got up bright and early. Probably didn't go for a run, but.
1: No, my, my daughter likes to wake up, so she'll wake up about 6, 6.30, something like that, uh-huh. and then she'll immediately want to watch. She re- she's really into My Little Pony, and she also likes... So's pop, John. The they could hang out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, wait, John's a brony?
2: Oh, John is oh, yeah. a big-time brony. That is so, a real wait, thing. So
1: I, heard it, I heard about this on the Howard Stern Show. Does he venture over into being a clopper, or is he just a brony? Because there is a difference.
2: Damn it! Wait, wait, I wait, wish wait. he was here right now. I was a clop. What is a clopper? Hold on, I never heard that before.
1: A clopper, and I got to keep my voice down because my my family's outside. They're just downstairs, but they let's just say they get extra excited about uh, My Little Pony, and, and it's very pleasing to them to watch them on the television. Oh, no,
2: nothing pleasing. <laughs> okay. John's one of most unhappy people I know. I don't think he's happy about uh. anything. So, so there's no pleasing going on.
1: That's
0: funny all
2: right you know what i think that brings
0: us to my new segment the inappropriate joke of the week
1: oh okay. Oh, wait did i just do one yeah oh,
0: yeah but, uh, but here we go so, as a man i'm not embarrassed to buy tampons but i have learned they're inappropriate oh. to give as a gift
2: yeah <laughs> yeah 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 did you make a mistake dave is what i'm asking <laughs> did you that's, that's a different joke. kind of
1: stocking stuffer right there <laughs> This is and this is the kind
2: of good stuff you get in the dating every week. Lame <laughs> ass dirty dad jokes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. And yet, that that's not as bad as I want it to go because John's not here. So that's the yeah, whole point gets, of starting that.
1: Yeah, because
2: he gets embarrassed when you tell like blue jokes. Like he gets all kinds of worked up, which makes yeah, clopper. Yeah, Ronnie's appreciative of that. I didn't know what a <laughs> clopper was. I appreciate that, Mike, because believe me, that's going in the arsenal for next week. Uh my <laughs> Thrawn kill says my nine-year-old was in bed by ten. That's good. I think my seven-year-old was in bed by about that time too. Yeah. He wouldn't stand up any later than that. So, Dave, it's time to move on to show Mike the misery of a uh, super of, of <laughs> super speak. That's fun. The misery of social media madness. Something well, we will course. not be adjusting, adapting into the Mike and JD show. Continue, sir. No, not at
1: all. No, we do Mike, we it's do it's a- have a segment on our show called Bad Tweets. Which is one yeah. of my uh, favorite segments. But I'm sure Social Media Madness is probably a step above what we do.
2: Oh, no. So Social Media Madness is where Dave reads people who responded to the shows, Twitter and social media stuff. where We can we get to listen to dumb shit that people tell us all week. Bad tweets is where we just make fun of other people's oh, okay. stupidity. This is more yeah. embracing yeah. the stupidity in, in <laughs> our world, in our orbit, oh, that we gotcha. that we're cursed with. <laughs>
0: Actually, one of the things I've started doing is actually asking questions on social media to get an answer. Have, and I've uh, been doing that. Yes. So this week's question I asked was, what was your favorite movie of 2023? And over, start off over on Twitter, Kassan said, it's really only across the Spider-Verse and everything, everywhere, all at once. You and then he I said, never... oh, I forgot, Amongst Thieves, excellent movie.
2: Oh, I didn't see that one either. Uh, oh, wait, that was Dungeons and Dragons, right? Honor Amongst Thieves? Yeah, Honor yeah, Amongst Thieves. Well. Though, so that was under the drags movie, yes. I did see that. I like that movie. I didn't see everything everywhere all at once. I keep telling myself I need to rectify that, but Every- I've not done that. Everyone I know who's seen it
0: has loved it, and I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mike, are you familiar um, with this movie? I am, and you- there's a guy that lived in korea for a year you'd think i'd have a greater appreciation for korean films Yeah. but i just i I never watched it i i don't know why i haven't watched it i just have not (laughs) and maybe it's just because i have a bias like when something wins a ton of oscars i'm like oh it's probably pretty boring but uh, (laughs) but yeah but no again like everybody that i know that's seen that movie has really enjoyed it i have a film degree Uh, i
2: agree with you
0: (laughs) crispy tortilla said spider-man into the spider-verse tmnt Mutant Mayhem and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh, and Barbie. That's a. It's an interesting one to throw in with the others. A lot. That's a lot. Okay, so Don replied with a GIF, Buckaroo Banzai. Which is, is he aware
2: that, that? Is he aware that came out in
0: 1984? But remember, we did a retro <laughs> review of it this year on this podcast. Well, we did that. We did. So I'm it wondering if he
2: had never watched it before and finally watched it this year. Huh. That's it. It's not a. How do I quantify? I know we had a whole show about this. How do I quantify Buck Mike, have you seen Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension?
1: No, I've never heard of that.
2: <gasps> okay. Peter Weller, the guy who played Robocop.
1: Okay, Yes. Yeah. I'm familiar. John
2: Lith- John Lithgow is the
1: villain. Okay. Right? So Harry and the Hendersons. Okay. Go ahead. Harry,
2: and the- He of Harry yeah, it would be a better John Lithgow villain movie to connect that <laughs> with. Have you ever seen Ricochet yeah. with Denzel Washington? I, I have. Yeah. Wild ass sci-fi bizarre as all hell Yet a lot of fun i think yeah. you might like buckaroo Banzai. it's weird but it's fun yeah i'll all check it right. out and he says short round was awesome in that movie everywhere all once <laughs> i am a fan of the key renaissance like i really liked him i'm disappointed he was not in the last indiana jones week which was not one of my favorite movies of 2020 i, kind of suck, I don't I think guess. it was
0: anyone's the- including so here so was her podcast said the blackening I, I don't even know what that is.
2: I think that was that uh, black, that uh, it's a black movie that's making fun of like horror movies. And I think it's, they made fun of like black people always dying first in horror movies. And stuff oh
0: like that. yes, yes, I yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. heard I good things about the it.
0: End of things of the year. Yeah. 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 And random Randy Savage said, of course, across the spider verse and Giovanni DLDO. I've
2: never, I'm, someone new he's at Mike. master geo said that Mike, John Witt, a, chapter four. Mike. Here's another pass time on Superhero Speak, Mike. Dave butchers everyone's name whenever he does these. He <laughs> consistently puts it through a Cuisinart, and if you, God for God forbid, you have too many syllables in your name, and it will just go through the meat grinder.
1: It's, it, it is pretty difficult unless you, like, email the person, like, hey, can you, like, enunciate this for me? Right. <laughs> it's a gimmick. Now we got to keep it going. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, so Randy now is saying the blackening. You know, he already said across the spider on Twitter. Uh, he likes to do that.
1: <laughs> he does do
0: that. Uh, Kassan, Kassan, I think you would Kassan, have... Oh, okay.
2: I'll read it. Kassan says, I think you'd receive more very responsive for series Fall of the House of Usher, Beef, Blue-Eyed Samurai, Best. I heard nothing but great things about Fall of the House of Usher, the last Mike Flanagan project that they did for Netflix. And God, did I love... Oh, God, what was the name of this vampire show from a couple of years ago? Midnight Mass. That was absolutely excellent. Flanagan's attached to direct the Dark Tower for Amazon Prime coming up. Jeez, I hope that happens. Oh, there's Don Omega Love It's the greatest. I don't know what it's is. Pronouns, pal. Uh, you got to be more specific <laughs> on what you're talking about there. Buckaroo Banzai. Dude. Oh, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, Buckaroo Banzai is pretty good. <laughs> Randy also says, of all sorts of are podcasting the exact same show in the week. Yeah, that's true. This is what a lot of podcasters are doing right now. Their best of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, and then over I'm having a hard time loading it on
0: my computer so over on Tiki we had Randy answer again same as the yours Chinese. across the Spriteverse. my worst movie was a movie that made me sad so I asked what movie was that and he said Operation Fortune a spy comedy with my celebrity crush Just Garbage and then uh, 8-Bit Ray said a lackluster year of 2023 was the Pickens are slim so I'll say Evil Dead
2: Rise so evil dead rise i don't, I don't think my mike, mike you said the same thing you didn't care for either didn't you
1: no i did like evil dead rise oh, you, yeah oh, I, okay. I did but i so jade i'm a little bit different than jd i just disconnected it from the original series like i, yeah. I was just like okay and, and then so once i did that and i just shut my brain off i was like okay this is actually a pretty freaky movie i, I it was you know a, a popcorn movie that i just happened to enjoy uh, i wouldn't put it in one of my top movies though okay. so
0: what was your top yeah yes, yes yes
1: yes <laughs> You know what? I, I, across the Spider Verse is right up there. I really loved TMNT. I thought that was uh, tremendous. My I, and it was really important to me because that one I got to share that with my daughter, and then I started to show her the original series from the '80s, and she just loves it to where she was like wanting like um, Ninja Turtle stuff at her birthday party this year. That was great. Blue Beetle, I thought was. Like, absolutely fantastic. Now, Dave, one thing you need to learn about me is that I'm just a complete meathead and one of my favorite genres of movie, which I think is the greatest genre of movie, is just the 90-minute badass action movie. And somebody just put it in the chat, PBC. I was about to introduce it. Extraction 2. That shit was so badass. Extraction 2 with with one of the Thor brothers. Can't remember which one. It's like They're like the Olsen twins. I think they just take <laughs> turns in movies. But what has one of the Thor brothers in there? And then the other one was a plane with Gerard Butler. I just absolutely tremendous. I know you asked me for one. I give you five. So sorry.
2: That's hey man, I do a show with you. I know how this goes. So have you seen the trailer (laughs) for the beekeeper? I have. Yes. Are you on board with that? Because I saw the trailer for that and at the iron claw and went, holy shit, I need to see this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm totally on board. I actually just watched that trailer during football today.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty
1: stoked for that
2: one. Dave, what was your favorite movie of 2023?
0: I will say that, the I, I will honestly say the movie, because it surprised me the most. It's the movie I didn't want to see, that you guys made me see, and I ended up loving it, and that was Godzilla Minus One.
2: That was it? That was your favorite movie of the year? I think
0: that was my favorite movie of the year. Obviously, I'm going to put Guardians up there. I really liked that. And uh, I'm trying to think, what else came out this year?
1: Did Super Mario come out in 2023? Yes, okay, that, okay. sure. that would have definitely made my top five, absolutely.
0: And It'll he says hard. it's Chris Hemsworth in the extra-
1: before. Yeah, just brothers, I, was telling I, I was doing a, a PBC. I was doing a bit, brother. Don't ruin the bit.
2: Although yeah. uh, uh, no, no, I could smell Mike Beck coming <laughs> a mile away. That's what they are for the rest of time. Blue Beetle was terrible. That's my friend about. Doug. Oh, yeah, so I've you're doing him so. for a long. Time. Oh, I, I think this year was really shitty. To be honest with you, as far as movies go, I think this was a remarkably disappointing year, by and large. I saw. I went to the theater this year and was just. Dis- Pointed fairly consistently than I have been in a long yeah. time. With with yeah, I, that, that's the but, thing.
0: Multiverse, Amanda's. There was such a build up for that movie, and it was a letdown because it felt I don't know. That was two years weird. ago. Dave.
2: That was twenty twenty. That was twenty
0: twenty two. Was it? Hundred percent. Sure that wasn't this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. right.
2: this Marvel, but, Marvel was right. let down. Flash was a letdown down yeah this was the year of a lot of like even shazam which i really liked the first shazam that was yes. a big letdown so for me the movies that i looked out to were that i really enjoyed surprisingly across the spider-verse it was excellent I was such a yeah. you saw it twice at the theater and andy really liked it minus one surprise the crap out of me because i thought i was just going to see a godzilla movie and dealing with pts and trauma And this love story in the background of a goddamn kaiju film blew me away. (laughs) Like it had no right being as good as it was. And I loved it way more than I thought I was going to. And then, you know, in all honesty, the one we're going to talk about today are probably my three favorite movies of the year. I almost think we could do a show this year on like the disappointments of 2023. Thrawn Kill, you've never seen a Godzilla. You've never seen a current Godzilla movie. Stop what you're doing. No, watch the show. After you've watched the show, go or, or do what Mike does in Torrance, a copy of Godzilla minus one, because it's that good. It's a great yeah. movie. Did I just bury you in front of everybody? Mike, I'm sorry. I had no choice. <laughs> uh, the, the FBI
1: might be watching, Jada. You got to be careful. I, they I, like I've seen, show, I've
2: they might seen the, the numbers. Song. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> so uh, Kassan says, speaking of Doctor Strange, I finally got to watch What If? Season 2. Supreme Strange is a great villain. I've only watched the first three episodes, Kassan. I've not seen the one with uh, Strange Supreme in it. Don't tell me <laughs> what happens. And I oh, know JD yeah. is not watching it.
2: No interest. <laughs> Are you going to watch Echo when it comes out? Nope, no interest. It's got... I don't want to watch Echo. The... I want to watch... Yeah, but it doesn't have Daredevil. It does, tired, of it? No, it doesn't. He'll be there for like a minute. Look, I'm tired of the C-listers. No more C-listers. Ronnie Pena says, minus one Oppenheimer. Yeah, I didn't see uh, he's Ironclaw 3rd. I did not see... Oppenheimer. I need to make, I need to rectify that Mm -hmm. because losing my, my film nerd cred, by the fact that I did not see Oppenheimer this summer.
1: Yeah, And I'm such a a fan of history. And especially from that time period, I watched the documentary that came out on Peacock about Oppenheimer. And I thought that was fantastic. I I just, the the movie just came out on VOD. I just have not watched it yet. I need to set a time aside to watch it.
2: Randy knows what I'm talking about. I am until I liked the Marvels. Most people, but I'm not going to go, like, done. Oppenheimer's way too long. Dude, it's Christopher Nolan. He's reached that he's reached that sting, Stephen King phase <laughs> yeah. where people are afraid to add No one tells him, hey, man, you got to take 10 minutes off this thing.
1: It's just, they say, okay, you get to do whatever you want. Can I tell That's you guys a movie that I was just... Can I tell you guys a movie that I was really disappointed in? And I might get heat for this, but, and I was afraid to say this publicly, but I'm on the show. I was bored to tears by Killers of the Flower Moon. I just... I just, I watched it and I was just like, I don't care. (laughs) I just, I was just bored. I could not wait to get out of that theater. I was there for three goddamn hours and uh, I finished my popcorn within the first 15 minutes and was pissed off and uh, the rest of the movie. And I'm like a, like almost a diehard Scorsese guy. Every Scorsese movie that comes out, I cannot wait to watch. And I was just so bored by that movie.
2: Yeah. I have not enjoyed a Scorsese film since The Departed.
1: You didn't like The Irishman? No, I honestly thought it was... so right. with that one, because it was on Netflix, I treated that like a mini series. I think I watched it in like 45 minute increments, which made it better. Well, that's
2: probably a good idea. Yeah. That's
1: probably a good yeah. idea. Cause I just thought it was boring. Like I just, I don't know,
2: man. Again, Scorsese, he's an auteur and I, I don't think he, I, I've, oh, he doesn't knock him out of the park every time, but he's knocking out of the yeah. park. It's tremendous, but right. I think he's got some, he's got some misses on that card. Like, like the, mm-hmm. I think every that. director yeah, of that
0: does right. though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think every Spielberg movie has been like the greatest,
2: dude. Nineteen Forty One sucked, dude. The, I hated Ready Player One. Yeah, I, yeah thought, I
1: did. I did not care for that one.
0: I thought his remake, and I don't know why he even did it, of West
2: Side Story was horrible. I had nowhere to see that one. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> music. I this is where the this is like a Venn diagram here, and I'm committal. middle like on this episode of the one side and the other side i lean with mike on the on the meathead side of when it comes to venn diagram when it comes to that stuff and i'm just like eh musicals eh, not for me no interest yeah ronnie agreed with you on the the flowers of the killing moon i already watches yeah i can see that i just yeah. i don't know dude it's hard it's hard that much to a movie these days randy what do you mean by same with cocaine bear you were disappointed in it <laughs> i don't know how you could be disappointed with cocaine bear pretty much lived up to its billing like it gave you yes. everything. It gave you everything it promised.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was so. Cocaine bear is like snakes on a plane. Like yes. it's yeah. promised to be absolutely absurdly stupid. It, so it, if you go into it like that with that mindset, then you're not going to be disappointed.
0: And it promises everything the movie is about in the title of the in movie. In the title it <laughs>
2: yeah. tells you everything you need to know.
1: Do you know who directed yeah. that movie. Do you directed Cocaine Bear? No.
2: Elizabeth Banks. Really? No, really.
1: From she Zach and is- Miri. Yeah. Okay. Pitch
2: she has pitched perfect and Spider-Man, yeah. the original Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah stretch oh yourself God, creatively on that one. Yeah. Kudos to her on that. So cool.
0: All right. Moving on. If you guys who are watching would like to know how you can follow us on social media, be part of social media madness and see some other great podcasts. Here's our good friend Don to tell you more. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find all the social links. Episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles, we're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network, great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 4 to 5, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GWAllStars and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter
2: post. Whenever they come up, give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so tired of these <laughs> dumb motherfuckers. All right, it's
0: back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> you in that one, but it's true. I do get tired of the fuckers who are dumb as Mike can attest to. I get tired of him on our show, too. Do Mike and I, I texted Mike because I was listening to our show on my way, our uh, Mike and JD show for this week, on my uh-huh. way home from my trip this week, and I texted him. I said, God, we're mean because <laughs> we just, Mike and I had this, text right? switched on YouTube. It's probably better to watch that way than on Facebook. Mike and I are, we're like in the wrestling kind of exist outside of, and I think our whole function is to shit on the clout chasers of the world, and yeah. we just spent about a good, that's just, freaking going off on by name we weren't being like colloquially about anything we were like this guy he's a fucking moron that guy a dipshit like we and but it was really funny the whole damn we went off on people this week and it was entertaining and
1: mean it was mean, and I think the bad part is that we got a lot of compliments for it. So now I have to—I feel like <laughs> like <laughs> they're rewarding my bad behavior by because I—I'm a guy who loves a good compliment, and especially when you compliment me for telling somebody that they're a shithead, I am going to do that more.
2: We're, a couple, of, well, we're actually, a couple of compliment whores, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> but the well, problem is,
2: we're,
0: while we're here, for those who don't know, who aren't watching this on your YouTube channel currently, where can they find you guys? Every.
1: So if you just go to the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel, you can just search Mike and JD Show, and uh, we should pop right back up. We're yeah. the only two idiots named the Mike and JD Show, so I think that would uh, work out just fine. But we also have a, a subscription service if you go to Patreon, so go to patreon.com slash The Mike and JD Show. You get our our regular show every single week. I do another show called Brace for Impact. JD has the JD Oliva Project. Plus, we also I do news bits throughout the week. JD does his articles, and and we don't just talk pro wrestling. As David mentioned earlier, we did a whole podcast about Christmas movies. We've done, we did an entire podcast about the JFK assassination and how I am a crazy freak for JFK conspiracies. We've done all kinds of stuff. If you guys are into stuff like that. yeah, aliens we talk movies aliens conspiracies it's predominantly a pro wrestling podcast but we can go in any direction that we choose because it's ours we don't work for anybody and yeah please check us out mike and jd show on youtube
0: all right and if you're you watching can also, us right you can now also find- on either channel hit that subscribe yes. button click that bell for notifications and what were you going to say jd
2: no so you can also listen to us on anywhere you've been platforms part of the voices of yeah. wrestling podcasting network so we're part of a great bunch of series on that line much like being part of the geek world all-stars here so it's always good to have friends but yeah we are available in many places and if you like wrestling or if you just like a couple guys that basically like talk shit it's similar well,
0: so, to the show speaking of friends i got something special for you jd i got a new one Hello. so let's oh, Randy, a a new break, one, and we'll oh, be boy. right
2: back Wait Some for this, Mike. I like this. I went to Japan and mm-hmm. I shot with Hitomi. She's the one with the really big boobs, right? The huge natural. Asa used to Asa would hype her up a lot. Yeah. Were you intimidated going into seeing these boobs? I wasn't intimidated. I was excited because this was my moment, Glenny. This was my this moment. Is your moment to not be the biggest breasted <gasps> queen. In the no, video? no. This is my moment to finally have Hitomi to in my face. People dream of this moment. I dreamt of this moment, and my dream came true. I was it? It was mean? amazing. <laughs>
1: and some podcasts
2: are like this. I don't take a shower. The only place I use soap would be my groin. So you don't take a shower?
1: Here's the thing. I don't take a traditional shower. I don't use soap. I don't use soap. Show- like this hair's never been washed. The beer has never been washed. There's never been soap on my chest. We have well water. We have a lake. We jump in the lake. We get into a cold plunge. I don't pick out an outfit. My closet is just full of shorts. And by the way, the only reason why I dressed up today is because of you guys. You dressed up. I'm wearing my fanciest stuff. I'm wearing <laughs> my a, fanciest watch.
2: I noticed the watch. It's a good watch. Yeah, I'm a a good wearing good my, my fanciest <laughs> necklace. Here's the thing. I, I just got to be me. nobody could be me the way that i can be me nobody could be Graham the way Graham can be Graham. nobody could be jack the way jack could be jack same for you alex but only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this mm-hmm. i love how he asked him what he does and like, it was the most dated thing they could say so i'm setting everything up for the 2000 switch and i was like oh i forgot why 2 k was a thing Everybody was so scared. Whatever, well, yeah when it goes I mean, to ninety nine, we're gonna go back in time and everything's gonna be all, like what? And we go back to zero. <laughs> how <about you> just, <laughs> zero. How we you just You're program right. two more numbers? like, where are we? Where are we? Or just <laughs> everyone just knows that it's not nineteen hundred on account right. of computers exist. They
0: were worried that the computers would know the
2: difference and they would freak the fuck well, out they, and they, then it they would gonna, be Skynet. Like they're gonna slay us and for the black people <laughs> yeah. fucking just all right. Well, back in, back into your sheds <laughs> you had your freedom too long now let's yep. go it's, it's, it's been a- time for you all to pick cotton <laughs> Listening listening to to Cult 45. 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm
0: Random Randy Savage.
2: Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to wwwcult 45 podcastcom Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages will be right jesus christ randy oh my (laughs) god that was funny okay okay first of all you went way. yeah hey because that's our buddy uh Mm -hmm. that's our buddy mike john's fine he just didn't want to do the show this week he hated the topic or star stuff is usually fun that was way something (laughs) another dude on his balls and sees the ball a day straight in his ass mike and i host a wrestling show we we know a unaltered if we see one
1: yeah yeah the liver king 10 cc's of diana ball liver a day absolutely that, that i don't did you're familiar with the liver king jd i am not no Who tell- he was
0: he was like real big on the internet for a while talking about he was all natural and he had all these videos Bullshit. where he was like he was pulling jeans and walking around and like showing that he was eating raw meat and he sleeps on a flat and then yeah it came out that yeah he, he's
1: Joe Rogan exposed him and and he finally like, and he was like going like saying that people were defaming him for saying he used steroids and a Hulk Hogan situation. Now that we're talking about the eighties, similar thing, Dave, I don't know if you're from how familiar you are with Hogan, but he was saying, doing the training, the prayers and the vitamins in the eighties, and he was doing anti-drug campaigns. And then also, and then of course it comes out that he was on the juice the entire time and everybody knew that he was, but he was denying it forever. And then came out in court documents that he was a, in fact, a juice head like the rest of the wrestlers. Yes,
2: like yeah. this guy. I I I'm familiar with a steroided up physique when I have seen them. Yeah, and then yeah. Randy, I'm gonna make sure I download the Office Space episode of Cult 45 because I was in tears just at the commercial. So kudos <laughs> to you, sir, on that yeah. one.
0: Okay. I, I, I will I will say this about the Y2K thing, and everyone makes jokes about it, but as a software developer. And who has many friends and family that are also software developers who went through that? Someone who will remain nameless, who is a good friend of mine, who works for John. One of the lar- no, who works for <laughs> one of the largest military contractors, aerospace contractors in the United States. I will leave it at that. There are satellites up in space that are huge, like the size of football fields, and they are their programs are using two digit dates. And if they thought it was nineteen hundred, they would have miscalculated the orbit around the earth and crashed into the earth this was the stuff that like nobody knew about Mm. going on at y2k so it really was an issue but it just wasn't like the things that were real big issues were fixed years before it was actually an issue
2: so i remember when i was in college and that was a thing and i remember people getting out about it and i remember there are people that were emptying out their bank accounts and because any chance people have to be stupid about something and load up on toilet paper and those kind of things because they worry the end of the world is coming though they'll, they'll take advantage of it that joke was beaten now randy it doesn't <laughs> matter it was recorded it was funny it was good don't <laughs> let dave ruin your humor don says tungsten go tungsten god rod satellite i feel like dave what the fuck are you talking about man what what do you Tung- mean oh no tungsten god rod there's there's
0: you don't know what a, a God Rod is? No, I don't know what a God Rod, rod, is? rod satellite is. But the, Educate me, <laughs> guy
2: who works in software. I'm a that's teacher. a more
0: modern thing. This isn't pre, that was pre, that's not, that's this, that stuff is post 2000. But these are these, there are these satellites that will shoot a tungsten rod down onto the earth and it's mm-hmm. more devastating Why? than a nuclear blast. <clears throat> well, they it could destroy everything and, and it won't have the radiation. Yeah.
1: Is that a thing? It's a thing thing that could happen. It's a, it's a thing that could happen. It's tungsten is just a type of metal. It's just a a metal. It's got a little bit of radiation in it, but if they could shoot it from space and uh, all of a sudden it's all over for us.
2: Yeah. Mike, is this a thing that I have to that Like you guys talk about my friend who works in air force. Is this a real
1: thing? I was before I came here to Hawaii. I was at a place called Vandenberg Space Force Base, where the National Reconnaissance Office and the I'm asking you, the, and all the spy satellites that get shot up into space through SpaceX and the different contractors, they actually leave from that base. So, we, I that is something that and I have heard before. The, that is a the satellite
0: I was talking about was a spy satellite, it's a, it was an yeah. information gathering satellite, not yeah. one of these tungsten rod satellites.
2: Goddamn, ignorance truly is bliss. Now I have that to worry about, too. Great.
0: <laughs> I remember this friend who will remain nameless. Do you remember the movie Enemy
2: of the State? Will Smith? Yeah, well, um, yes, um, tremendous. Gene Hackman? Yeah. A good movie. And I remember watching like, that Tony movie. Tony Scott he... directed. The late was great Tony Scott. The late great Tony Scott. Yeah.
1: Tony Scott directed. He's one of, he's one of my favorite directors. Phenomenal I remember
0: director. watching that movie and then turning to my friend and going, is any of this real? And he just smiled at me. And he's like, it used to be. As in the stuff they have now is more advanced, and I'm like, oh crap.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's just this this is why like when Mike and I will get into it. Mike when Mike and I do our conspiracy stuff, he's like molder and I'm more like Scully. So I'm like a little bit, <laughs> I don't know. But then there's times he's like, we'll talk about aliens and shit. And I'm like, the fuck do you know, man? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to sleep at night? No, never. Because because I gotta know. I'd rather like my know it allness like works in, in in like against my anxiety. A tough spot to be in. Ronnie says, Should we be worried about Zuckerberg building a bunker with all this satellite talk? Should I should be worried. I, yes, is the answer to that yeah. question. I am yeah. absolutely yeah. terrified. We're all going <laughs> to die.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're all going to die. That's, I mean, it's Accept that simple. It.
2: Move on. All right, let's
0: talk a little news. I got some nerd news. I don't know if I did say in the email if you guys had any wrestling news you wanted to inject, you could do that as well. Got nothing? <laughs> did anything happen in the last couple weeks?
1: <laughs> Not <laughs> anything that we haven't. Yeah, we had a monster of a show on Thursday night, and we covered oh, right. everything pretty in depth to where. But since Thursday night, there has not really been any news worth talking. Kind of quiet. About, I would say. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Mercedes Monet um,
2: is is working. Everyone trying to get paid a lot. And Mike and I are over the conversation, quite frankly. Yeah. One.
0: Yeah. Jack uh, Johnson has come out and said that he would be willing to Jake. play Peter Parker. Jake. Oh, Jake did say Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Sorry, you can say Jake. Jack
2: Johnson. And, 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 and I, I wrote read back my, in What's the email. The fuck? You did. I'm like, what the fuck I, is Jack Johnson like in my head? I'm thinking I am thought the that night.
1: was the Hawaiian folk singer or the yes, boxer. That's what I thought too. <laughs> the boxer.
2: And I'm like, why the yeah. hell would that guy? Would either one of them is dead. Has been dead for a hundred years. Jake the other Johnson guy is a folk he, singer. He, why would he be?
0: Yeah. Okay, that makes. He sense. He would be willing to play a live action Peter Parker, if a it was a meaningful role, and it was opposite Chris. I'm not sure who who he meant by Chris, but the thing is, I like that idea, right? Because. You could see them throwing a cameo of him in as a stunt, but it, like, it would be pointless. But if he was actually doing something that was meaningful, that would be cool. What do you think? JD, I'll start with you. Would you I'm want to s- see him play a live action? He do
2: could he do it? Sure, yeah, it would be fine. Yeah. I'm sick of the multiverse in everything. <laughs> we just The last three yeah. years, we just, we've just beaten the multiverse to death. Based on that, I don't want to see it. I want to see the end of Spider-Verse because it's been excellent. And I yeah. don't know when that's going to happen. HBK is the greatest. You, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Just get away from that. <laughs> Triple H. Oh my god! Get these people off the show. I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I just I just want movies with the characters that live in their own universes now. And I just I lost my mind when Andrew Garfield portal in Homecoming or which no way I no can, way can out, keep those great. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. But since then we've had so hmm. many of them. And by the time I walked to the Flash, I was like, I think I'm done? I think I'm done with the multiverse. So I'm happy with him just doing his cartoon and I'm good with it.
0: How about you, Mike? Would you want to see him do a live action?
1: If they wanted to do one after the current series is over, if they end it with the current Peter Parker that we have and they, because there's too much money in Spider-Man for them not to just stop doing Spider-Man movies. Like they got to take a couple years off and then reset it over again. That's what, that's been the pattern. So if they want to, you know, end it and then take a couple years and then reset it, but then that kid might be a little bit too old by then. Who knows? He might have to, a little bit too much hair on his face, a little too much bass in his voice to be able to pull it off.
2: So Jake Johnson is Peter Parker in those movies. So he like the old fat Peter, like the middle-aged Peter Parker, like yeah. the mentor. Oh, okay. In, in, in this movie. So that's the guy. So I get what you mean. And I had another point that I was going to make, then I forget <laughs> what it was. What the heck did you say at first? What was your first point, Mike? Because I had, oh, Sony making these Spider movies. Mike, it's worse than you think. They keep making Spider-Man movies that don't have anything to do with Spider-Man. In a couple yeah. months, I'm gonna have to watch the Madam movie for this stupid show. And I have no interest whatsoever. I'm angry that it's even being made. I'm mad that I'm gonna have to see it. It looks like absolute putrid drizzling shit. And we're gonna have to watch it and talk about it. And I'm gonna have to get on here and say, This movie fucking sucks. But You're he's funny. gonna keep making them. And we have heat. And then even <laughs> though. The Craven the Hunter movie, we're gonna have to see that. That looks terrible, but Sony's gonna keep <laughs> Spider Man license going forever.
1: Hey, hey, JD, because you have talked about Craven so much on our show, I cannot wait to watch that because I know <laughs> it's going to be dog shit. And i oh. and but n- now because you've been building it up so much as the worst movie possible, I cannot wait for, to watch it. It's gonna be great, <laughs> M- honestly. God, Madam Web might be worse. That yeah. look that trailer looks so bad. Oh, yes,
2: Dave what's what's this son saying we're stupid what it was stupid what J-
1: jd said this show was stupid and he oh was, um, oh, yeah.
2: oh i was cursing for making me watch it this show is stupid
1: <laughs> huh
2: what you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
1: I, but i i do agree with jd that i think i'm done with the multiverse because i'll be honest as much as i love across the spider-verse it did get quite complicated and i think they need yeah. to just dial it back a little bit and just do a badass spider-man Go, going forward, take a break from all the multiverse shit. Then
0: you guys are going to love our next story. Oh, oh yes, that's a hell of a segue, sir. Continue. I won't even make. Marvel it. has said that they that it has come out that Marvel is going to recast Kang, but don't expect an announcement anytime soon. So they are going to continue on with the Kang Dynasty, and so that's more multiverse fun.
1: Yay! So Kang, that that's the one that Jonathan Majors was going to do, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. he got yeah, yeah. up. Okay, doing
2: it. He actually did a couple of them. He had been doing kang i don't know man but i get this whole don't expect it now like that that beats me a lot of pause on what the hell's going on over at disney are they just slowing the stuff because it was clusterfuck of a year for marvel maybe i don't know that's a the fact they said that don't expect anything anytime soon makes me wonder what that means i don't know what yeah i think that's not their mo they casted terrence howard they recasted terrence howard over a weekend they're like called Don Cheadle. Hey man, take it or leave. That's literally what they did. They called Don Cheadle and said, Hey man, you got to commit to this in 45 minutes. Or we're going to go to somebody else. Yes. But a couple of things with that. I think they were new
0: at that point and they had momentum going and they wanted to keep it going. And two, like they, this is such a big blow to them at this point And they don't want to just cast anyone. And then have blowback from that so they're probably trying to separate themselves from the news of his arrest and his conviction before they recast them
2: but what do you do then when that's supposed to be the central villain for the next eight or nine movies i don't understand i I, okay sure you go back to kang eventually because you've got this but what Mm -hmm. are they going to do now they should do what i suggest and just go to dr doom or the x-men one or the other but i don't know how you move maybe they don't maybe that's the problem maybe they don't know
0: yeah
1: i think they don't
0: I don't know. Who would you see as a possible replacement for
1: Kang? Any thoughts, gentlemen? I'll let you go, JD. Because the only guy that really comes to my mind, I don't think would actually work because he was already in the Marvel Universe in a different movie and got killed off but he's one of my favorites in Michael B. Jordan. I just love him. I, I thought he was awesome in Black Panther and I love him in Creed and I like him in all the movies that he does, but I just don't know that would work because he was already in one of the other movies.
2: Yeah. I don't like doing this for, I talked about it on the weeks ago. I didn't think they should recast. Uh, okay. It will be fun. It will be fun. Terrence Howard.
0: Oh my God. That would be perfect. Because
2: that he was, be, because yeah. he was the original roadie. And then you get like a little meta twist on it of why Kang, pissed off at the marvel universe if okay i don't think they would do it pain in the ass but it, that was also 15 years ago and terrence mm. howard isn't what he was 15 years ago right like yeah i would do terrence howard that's what i would do but i am also all for the chaos uh marshall ali would be marshall ali yeah is, he's, he's a great we're well, supposed to be blade if yes. they ever do anything with blade yeah so, um, blade movie that i've been hearing about Disney's gonna Ronnie says Disney's gonna wait till the heat blows over and recast Jonathan Majors as Kang. Um, oh no. I think I think, done. Gunn. I think so too, because he's going to jail. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially yeah he, he's he, going to jail. He
1: he wasn't just accused, he was convicted, right? Like that's there is a little bit of a difference there.
2: Yeah, that's real. That's a real problem that he's got. He's got real problems to deal with. Him not being Kang is far down the list. James Burns says, Who cares? Kang is a list POS. List POS. I don't know what you mean by a list a POS. list piece of A oh a list. No, I read it as a list, not a list. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Give me something more low-key with a small budget, not written by a fucking committee. I don't yeah. disagree with that. I just don't think it's where they are now, nor where they've ever been, really, with the things Quite frankly, the best MCU villain currently is, is gonna be an echo, and I'm not gonna watch it. So speaking of James, I forgot. I wanted to announce
0: this at the top of the show. I completely forgot. Look damage ink in the upcoming issue. We have the honor of being killed by some zombies.
2: J- James rendered us beautifully. The most about it is I'm the tall of all of us. <laughs> <in my rendition. laughs> and for some reason, he drew me wearing like a like, yeah, one of those, what do you call the hats that don't have this? I don't know. Uh, the, like the,
0: just a visor, I think.
2: Yeah. Visor, thank you. He got me wearing a visor. I don't think I've ever worn a visor in my life, but I could tell it was with NWO was, on it. With NWO on it, which led me to believe yeah. that was me. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I am hear I'm tall and I have a visor, so I'll take it. So thank you, James. Made me smile.
0: Yes, yes. And he I also did the, the dumb her. mother.
2: He worked in the dumb motherfucker line, which I really yes. appreciated. I got a, I got a good laugh on that one.
0: Ron says, blade is dead in the water. And, that and could the be, other, could be true. something that just came up today, we're still working in a, He's, we're, I still have to approve it, but it's fine. I know he's not watching Hope Volume 2, Dirk Manning's Hope Volume 2. We will be quoted on the back cover when that comes out as a hardcover. So
1: Oh, cool. Congrats.
0: Yeah, from the uh, interview that we did with him at Comic-Con this year.
1: Oh, yeah. neat. That's
2: pretty cool. And
0: John, <laughs> Yes, and John starts a ton of, as, of shit. Yes, he did, and that as, was great. As, yes. as always. As, as always. always. Yes. Shit
2: stir that John is. Yeah, so what do we got now in the news? And it-
0: then the final article that we have, I don't know if you saw James Gunn came out and said a bunch of stuff like, this is the stuff that's definitely not true about some of the rumors, this is the stuff that is true. And one of the things he said is, they have no plans to replace Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn that he would like to move forward with her. And then she came out and said, yeah, no, I'm done with the role. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty tough when one, one party does not want to be involved. Right? Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. I get it because, and I think it's better, right? I'm thinking, I was thinking about this. I think it's better that she's moved on because James Gunn has gone out of his way to have this clean divide between, okay, this was pre DC. This is post dcu right this is christ and her over we want to do it because she's been one of the best parts of the dcu cast mm-hmm. she was the only good thing about the first suicide squad i didn't see the uh, birds of prey movie but i heard she's really good in that and i liked her in the second suicide squad and she's here's the thing with her right now she's really popular and she's like going through her alpha phase so she can do whatever the hell she wants wait a minute she's the number one
1: actress in hollywood right now she barbie is. was such a smash hit she doesn't need it anymore she can go on to no. do whatever role that she wants
0: yep wait flag, flag on the play flag on the play flag we what am I... we did birds of prey on this movie on this podcast we did not do birds of play this... i missed that episode are you sh- is this like the mario movie all over again you claimed I that, you that, you that i went it,
2: that you watched it play. and did a whole episode on it and then I said months later that I never saw the Mario Brothers movie because I had zero. Yes. And then I watched it with my kid. I went, oh, yeah, we did see this. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I don't know. I've never seen Bird am I'm, I'm honest to God. never saw that movie. I don't think I did that movie. My. I know my internet's being in trouble. Sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. I got a satellite up in my room, but it's like messing up. So, if it keeps cutting out.
1: My bad.
0: Oh, and then Ron says DC Universe is trash. We don't know we, yet.
1: Movies. We, we got it. Yeah, we got it. We got to give it a shot. They're re- they're redoing everything, so
2: everything they okay. All the casting stuff with Superman has been really good, and I love Superman with all my heart. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance there. Yeah, yeah. I I trust
0: James Gunn until like, I don't trust him anymore. How's that sound?
2: Fair. I think that's fair. I think that's all you can say. Yeah. He never led us astray. God damn! I don't think I'm. A, how did you do that, Randy? How did you come up with that?
0: I went to our um, website and searched "Birds of Prey" and it came oh. up.
2: That makes perfect <laughs> sense. So, I don't think I'm on that episode. I don't think I saw that movie. I honest to God, don't think I saw that movie. Because I really don't know why they don't use writers from the animated movies and live movies. Those stories are great. That's a good question. It's a different mm-hmm. world. Sometimes when you get tabled as an animated writer, you get shoehorned into that world. Like, oh, he writes for this. Same happens. It doesn't yeah. happen as much, but it used to happen with comic book writers a lot. Like, oh, that guy writes comics. We write yeah. movies. That's not as common. But I think with anime still might be a thing, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's okay. I think she can move on. I think it's probably yeah, better for yeah. the universe if she does.
0: I, I it might hit the nail on the head, like Barbie was huge. huge. She's got cachet now to do whatever she wants. So
2: mm-hmm. she
0: doesn't need to, to rely on that anymore.
2: Yeah. She's the biggest star in Hollywood right now.
0: All right. We're gonna do a quick commercial break and come back with our main topic. And we have something brand new in our ads, JD. Oh. Ready for this?
1: This is so wizarding.
2: Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. you are thinking, you are people going to die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. Well, no one to stop us this time. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Ellis Reagan. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends review movies, TV, and sometimes more podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars
1: Podcast Network. Ellis Reagan's, please tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast.
2: Everybody, you can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com and there you're going to find a brand new episode every week. Find Soul Wizard on all podcasting streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, GoodPods, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Check out our YouTube page, where new content is being uploaded regularly. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can receive exclusive bonus content while you're supporting the show.
0: First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize
1: the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while. After these messages,
2: we'll be right back. She's right. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I just show up. Well, these two guys, <laughs> they do...
0: So that was, uh, that was Randy created that for, so was there, for the request? That's cool. Yeah. And, uh, and for those who uh, have watched the show and have seen some of those people, actually they've never come on since we've done video, except for nope. Joey, but uh, yeah, that is not what Marcellus looks like. And that is not what Aubrey looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the fact that Markellis looks okay. like. What was that? Nothing. Oh, you've never seen what Marcellus looks like?
2: No, oh, there's, so sorry, my internet's being wonky, so I'm just going sh- <laughs> to
0: Okay then, but now we're going to, you can't, you got to talk because we're getting into our main topic here. So we're going to be talking about the Iron Claw. Before we get into it, as I, always, I like to give the numbers. So far, as of the recording of this podcast, box office, domestically, because it's only released in the United States, it's made 24336000 and Rotten Tomatoes. The critic score is 88% and the audience is ninety-four
2: percent. So that's great. Twenty-four million sounds really low, but it's already a movie. When you're an already movie in the US, you're you're guaranteed to make like something like sixty, seventy percent less at the box office because you're cutting your audience essentially in half.
1: But JD didn't it only have a twenty five million dollar budget? 15 million. 15, oh yeah, so that, that's a dub right there. And it was a limited release for a while. They just went wide release recently, and it's not exactly the type of movie that's really going to do big box office numbers. I don't think anybody thought that it would, Um, but it's way over. You know, They made all their money back and then some. It's a success.
2: This is an award film, right? This is going released yeah. during award season. This is not, <coughs> excuse me, this is not a movie meant to boost the box office. This is a movie yeah. that's, this is a tragic story about professional rallies during Christmas time. Yeah. Like you're clearly not you're clearly not chasing the the fun moviegoers. And I try to tell everybody people like houses was like, oh, it's it's really good, but it's really sad. Someone on Christmas goes, Can I should I go take my husband to this movie? Is it sad? I'm like, Yeah, really <laughs> sad.
0: All right, let's let's start how we normally start. We like to go around. Everyone gives their initial impression of the movie without spoilers. I think everyone knows our impressions, but let's do it anyway. And we'll start with Mike.
1: I loved this movie. I I just thought it was absolutely tremendous. And we won't get into the spoilers and, like, different plot points. But there there were some parts of the movie that didn't really reflect the actual story. Mm -hmm. So for me as, like, a hardcore fan that knows that story very well, like, I've read books and I've seen all the documentaries. And I know that story up and down. It it was – I had to go into the movie knowing that it wasn't going to absolutely reflect every detail of reality. I had to to go in there without doing, well, actually, this is what happened. So since I was able to do that and put my wrestling fan brain aside and go in there as just like like a fan of good movies, it was a much better experience for me. And I, I thought it was great. Acting was great. The storytelling was great. The way they filmed the movie I thought was awesome, especially the wrestling scenes. So for any movie that I've ever seen that's been about pro wrestling, I would say the wrestling scenes were probably the best that I've ever seen. I don't know if JD has one better in mind, but I just thought that the way they shot it and filmed it and the way that they made the wrestling arena, the sportatorium look, I just flat out loved it. I just really just thought that this was an A-plus movie. Just great. Cool.
2: JD? It's the best wrestling movie ever made. Yeah. There's not a lot. Wow. There's, there's not a whole lot of them. I thought the wrestler with Mickey Rourke was really overrated. And it was just, it was like the movie rock star. Like it was just every rock and roll cliche was thrown into that. Yeah. Like that was the wrestler mm. was every like pro wrestling cliche story we've ever heard. And he jumps off the top rope and dies. And it was just, it was a little <laughs> much for me but for spoiler for a 15 year old movie I, I know, I know. <laughs> no this is this was great and i texted mike when i got out of the theater and i told him i was in tears like i literally had tears in my eyes yeah. again guys like us know the von eric story in real life and when this came out when this when they announced this movie i remember we were on our show and we'll see how people we'll see how this goes and man they absolutely nailed it i i i adore this i absolutely adore it yeah i have
0: to agree this is a great story. Like, even if you take the wrestling out of it, it's a well done movie, right? It's a good story. Mm-hmm. It's a sad story, but it's told well. And it's yeah, it's like the filmmaking is really good in it. It's not over the top in your face with some of the stuff. Like some of the things are subtle, but like you can pick up on it. And like I didn't know the Von Eric story before I went. And I did Mike, I told JD that like my girlfriend had saw the Preview because somebody that she works with was saying, Oh, Zach efron looks weird, and showed her the preview for this movie. And she went, I want to go see that, which like <laughs> shocked me. And not because she's a big Zach Efron fan, she just said it looks really good. And yeah, so we went and saw it, I think a week after JD did, and it was like, I was like, Yeah, we got to talk about this movie on the podcast. It's so good. And it's a shame because I think people need to go see it. Like it tells a story that not a lot of people know. And I think it's an important, some people can argue this that, but I think wrestling is a huge part of pop culture. It's been for a long time. And like stories like this behind the scenes stuff isn't known by a lot of people.
1: And I I think that this is JD calls it the greatest wrestling movie ever made. I I don't really see it as being a wrestling movie. I think if you replace wrestling and you just make them be like just four members of a rock band that are like brothers and the same story happens, this is a story. This is a tragic story about a real life family. And wrestling just happened to be part of the backdrop. But I think that if you could have easily replaced uh, wrestling with rock music or wrestling with it with another genre and you would have probably ha- had a similar type of movie i i and that's why i typically don't recommend wrestling movies to non-wrestling fans but this is one of those that i'm like even yeah. if you don't like wrestling like you're really gonna like this movie because the pro wrestling isn't really just so in your face I- in this movie like ready to rumble back in the day was and i, I again i think the wrestler is probably like right behind iron claw for me anyway yeah. is because i also felt like, again that, that could have been a rock and roll movie too right it was yeah it was taking stories from the inside of pro wrestling and and what it's like to be an aging rock star or an aging and that's why i really loved this movie too i just thought they just did a really good job with it so i got
2: to do a write-up about this film for the voices of website and i posted it on my facebook page right i usually don't do that i usually don't share i usually don't share my creative stuff with that those people and like i don't like there's only so much nerddom that people like the people that know me in real life so if I'm on Twitter, nerd central, if I'm on Facebook, it's like a little, I'm I'm a little bit more selective about what I share. So many people texting me and like, responding to that article, like saying, this sounds interesting. I try to do my best I could to like, sell this movie because I, I believe in it. Like I really, I was really moved by the story. And again, I know the stories. And my cousin texts me, like, I almost, you almost, because you should have put spoiler tags. And I'm like, it was for, but he was typically anybody on that website knows the. So he's like, I just to stop reading. I'll come back after I see the movie. I'm like, that's fair. Right. But like I had, I had a, personally had a really big response to the, the article that I wrote. So I'm really happy that we can keep talking about this. I'm excited to dig deeper. Speaking of spoilers, we're going to probably get
0: into some spoilers now. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can stop <laughs> watching or listening now. Go see the movie and come back and and listen. Or if you don't care. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen it, all right, here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, spoiler, everybody fucking dies.
2: <laughs> Here's no, a real spoiler. Not <laughs> David, all of I got them.
1: A, except for Kevin.
2: <laughs> Dave, I, I got a great one for you. I bet you didn't know. In real life, there was another brother that died. Yes. yes. Oh, wait. Oh, hold, hold on. Hold on. I wanted to say that, too. My
0: yeah. girlfriend, I was about to say wife. My girlfriend was so... Careful there. Careful there. Enamored Ooh. by this movie. <laughs> That like, she did a bunch of research and started telling me things. And she was like, yeah, the other brother who they didn't put him in the movie because they said it was just too much. Like he, he yeah. was originally written into the script.
1: Redundant. Yeah. yeah the, well, the, I think the, the crazy part of the story is the real life story is actually too depressing for a movie. Right. When a lot of times with these movies that are based on a true story, they have to Hollywood them up and make them even more sad or make them even more grandiose. And these things, they had to temper this story down because not mm-hmm. only did they miss Chris von Eric, they didn't put him in the movie, but there was like two very famous wrestlers that were attached to that promotion that also died in crazy fashion that they could have added to the movie. Not only that, they didn't even get to the story about how Fritz died. Right. They, because mm-hmm. it, it would have been a four hour movie if they did that. They
2: also wow. didn't talk about carry von major drug arrest going over to Japan when he went over there. They didn't talk like there's so much. Mike's referring to, of course, Gino Hernandez and Bruiser Brody yeah. to. Yeah. Gino Hernandez might have been a mob killing, maybe. And Bruiser Brody was actually murdered in the shower by the uh, booker of Puerto Rico when he was over there. Yeah.
1: Jose um, Gonzalez, the invader. Jose Gonzalez. And invader,
2: then, then right OK, so Mike was the. They were attacking the- movie
1: i just realized
2: that mike i didn't even think about why they put gino i don't because i don't think gino and brody ever tagged but it makes no. sense putting those two there when you think when you say like that oh wow they just because they mind. also died yeah
1: because yeah. they also so died mike, yeah mike, so mike youngest... was not the youngest it was michael was, chris was the youngest chris was the youngest he and he had committed he had committed suicide
0: chris was the uh, wait chris was uh see i'm i'm trying to remember their names he okay. Was the, okay okay
2: so Jackie is the first one. He's the one who died at six when he touched a, he got electrocuted in a trailer park yes. and then drowned in a puddle of snow. He was the oldest Von Eric. Kevin is the second brother who becomes basically right. the de facto older brother. He is the surviving Von Eric. He's the one who makes it out. David was the next brother. David Von Eric was the guy who everyone tagged. It should have been the NWA world champion. He okay. died of uh, acute enteritis. It was a, a very nasty in, uh, intestinal infection. It was Go ahead, JD. there's, it's probably exacerbated by heavy drug use. Yeah. But there right, is yeah. The, yeah, apocryphal, also- the apocryphal story told by Bruiser Brody that he overdosed in Japan. I am of the mind, again, J.D., the, the non conspiracy I am of the mind that he died of the acute. of the acute. Dave just threw that up and it threw me. He died of the infection, and it probably made it a lot worse because he didn't take time off and he was taking a lot of drugs. Carrie is yeah. the next brother. Carrie is the most successful. If you watch wrestling, he was the Texas Tornado in WWF. He was fired and was, they didn't get his movie. Carrie was going to go to prison and he couldn't do it. Yeah. So Carrie killed himself at 33. The, the yeah. young, then Eric, Mike was the fourth, fifth brother. Mike was in never movie, in no right. place. Yeah. In the Mike in the wrestling business, he got shoehorned in there after David died. He really wanted to be, he worked. He Mike was a cameraman with the company before. He had to be there and then he wanted to play music and then he was pushed into it mike broke his arm doing a dropkick rudimentary wrestling move got surgery right. on the shoulder and uh, caught toxic shock syndrome and was in a coma for a couple of weeks came out of it and uh, because he had a, a few seven i believe is what it was basically cooked his brain and he just never was the same and he killed him. and then there was a baby so, brother named chris who yeah. who had really bad asthma so he was and he was on a steroid that for his asthma that kind of stunted his growth so he was significantly smaller than the rest of his brothers he had brittle bones and he just kept getting hurt and i uh, just figured he would never be as he would never get to be what his brother carrie was because he idolized carrie and he killed himself he's like
0: in the movie right he takes a bunch of pills and they show him just wander off mm-hmm. into the forest and then that's it my girlfriend just told me tonight before we got on here a scuba realize- story he put himself in a sleeping bag with a bunch of rocks and threw himself off a boat.
1: Yeah.
2: After taking a bunch of pills. I, Oh my God. Yeah. He also left a suicide letter addressed to his brother, Chris saying, Hey man, I left you something in my scuba gear. And it was a handful of pills with an instruction on how to kill himself someday.
1: Yeah, dude. It's the story is so much darker than they even put into the movie it and i'm like i'm pretty glad that they didn't go as dark as they did because i don't know that i would have actually recovered (laughs) because and i knew the story Mm -hmm.
0: what was the other thing i was gonna say that the the thing that got me okay so let's back up a little bit this the movie starts out in the when the father's a wrestler and Mm. the head of a he bought a car and like That was a good scene because they're showing him like wants to be successful, like no matter what it takes, that's he's driving. So they can't afford a car, but he's got to buy an expensive car to make look like he's more successful than he is to to attract people. And then one of the greatest scenes, and it's funny because I've known people like this. Thank God I didn't have anyone in my family like this. The scene where they're all playing football Mm -hmm. is such a great scene because it shows him pitting his sons against each other to get his approval and praise. And there was a dynamic in that family where that's what they were doing. And that's why it was so tough uh, for them.
2: Yeah. Fritz is a very complicated person, right? He, he becomes very successful. He buys the Texas territory. One thing I'll say about the movies, I don't think the movie does real justice to just, how famous the Von Eriks were. Yeah. Like, I don't think you get a scope like, cause before Hulk Hogan was like the biggest wrestling star in the world. That was the Von Erich brothers. And I, yeah. I'm going to say, this is going to sound silly. we were humongous in the middle East. Like legitimately, they were getting world-class video, world-class champion videos in Israel. And they were doing tours. Like Mike Von Eric's injury doesn't happen in the area. Mike Von Eric got hurt in Tel Aviv. Like, they were massive stars and like you don't quite get the fight y'all here's the thing about fritz too mike and mike we always joke about the observer's most disgusting promotional tactic like he used that to sell shows right like in the real like we talked about gino hernandez do you know hernandez was mob style murdered, probably and like they have bill mercer on the show like mike we have terrible tragedy mike with uh the death of gino hernandez and chris adams was blinded by him they just they were so shameless and how they would work in these god awful tragic things into their shows it was just i can say fritz was just he's a fucking madman.
1: yeah fritz super complicated guy i really yeah. thought that Holt mackal holt McElhinney did a great job capturing Amazing. him really an amazing job. Um, you you could tell that he loved his kids very much um, and he did the best he could raising them. I just don't think that he knew what to do with all those boys and he was having a trouble being both a promoter and a dad being a pro wrestler which is this bullshit world that they're in. They're constantly like I'm um, trying to work everybody and fool everybody and make them think that reality is not reality and, and all this stuff. And so he's, he's got this pro wrestling territory. and He's got all these kids and he's getting them to fight for his attention and fight for his love. I thought that one of the best scenes in the movie, which Kevin Von Erich in one of the old documentaries said that was real, was they're at the breakfast table and he's ranking his sons up yeah. against each other. And he said that he goes, Carrie's my favorite. David's number two. Kevin's number three. And, and Mike, you're last. But that could change at any moment. That was a real, That was a real story. So you wonder, it's no wonder... These kids were so jacked up and no wonder they were constantly like overdoing it to try to get their dad's affection. No wonder, David, like instead of taking time off, he just decided to take pills through it, went to Japan anyway, and ended up blowing up his guts. Right. Like, no no wonder all that stuff happened. I don't, and, I don't think
2: that's fair to blame that necessarily, and Fritz, because you and I both know. Well, no, so I, like and I'm, I'm not. You know? it, it, it
1: is. They were just a part of the business. It was yeah. a big time rock star lifestyle. and j d hit the nail on the head. And, and and I wasn't trying to blame everything on him. and i and he does deserve some blame, right? Especially as you get like later, Whenever he has some knowledge of that what he's doing is wrong, like he still continues to do the same things, right? That's when I start to blame people. But they absolutely were living the rockstar lifestyle. David, I, I don't, I don't think anybody just understands just how big Devon Eric's were, especially in Texas. Dave Meltzer, who was covering them at the time, he he actually worked for Wichita Falls, a newspaper there. You said that when David Von Eric died, it was. Like it was a bigger story in Dallas, Texas than when Elvis had died just a few years prior to that. That's how big the Von Erics were. They're so big in the Middle East that right now, Kevin and his two sons, Marshall and Ross, they're over there in Israel right now doing some charity work because they're still big over there. They still talk about the Von Erichs over there. You can't go into Texas right now, even though it's been 40 years past when they were in their prime. You can't go into Texas right now. And if you mention the Von Erics probably somebody about mine and JD's age, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. And their kids are probably going to know a little bit about them because their parents are talking about them. So that's how huge they were. And so they, they had everything at their disposal. And that was really the, probably the biggest failure of the movie was that they just didn't capture. That was, it's not all just Fritz's fault. These boys were put into this pro wrestling business. Three of them really wanted to be in it. Mike did not. But once they were in it, they were living the lifestyle that pro wrestlers lived. Devon Eric's, you know, those five boys dying the way that they did, that was just a microcosm of what was happening in pro wrestling at the time. Because we talked about Gino Hernandez, he died, it could have been a mob style hit. It, it looked like it was probably a cocaine overdose, right? You've had so many people dying of painkiller overdoses. We're talking like hundreds, like probably one to 200 between 1985 and 2005. Died of whether it was like a um, heart issue from steroids or a heart issue from muscle relaxers, painkiller overdoses, suicides, all all those types of things were happening and cocaine overdoses, drinking themselves to death. Like that's just what pro wrestling was. It just caught that family by storm because they were just so freaking popular in, in the early 80s and they could get whatever they wanted.
2: See, I think that too is part of the problem with that is it's an A24 film. And A24, they don't make—I don't want to say they make cheap films, but they're known for max for like really squeezing the budgets. And they just aren't like when, uh, when they have. It, I, I was talking to our buddy Garrett about this. They were disappointed that when date when Kerry winning the NWA title, you just see Doris in in the room watching with David's ghost basically behind her watching the TV feed. In real life, that stadium was packed, and Doris was there. And that was the big emotional moment was when Carrie hugs both his parents. And I was trying to tell Garrett, like, yeah, they just couldn't. I get why you didn't like it, but they just didn't have the budget to be able to recreate that. Recreating the sport the dank ass sportatorium is one thing. Filling Texas Stadium for a fifteen million dollar budget film, that just isn't going to happen. It Just yeah. that was an impossibility. It was impossible for them. To capture how grandiose the Von Erich family truly was, but I think they did do a great job boiling the film down to what it was. Like I just couldn't get over how beautiful the film was shot. Like it says these golden hues that 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 really bathe the Texas landscape, especially the I, shots and stuff like that. It just man, that stuff just blew me away. Yeah, and I
0: get what you guys are saying about not showing how big they really were, but I also feel like they were trying to tell the story of the family. And I don't yeah. feel like maybe they were afraid that would take away from it a little bit.
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I may, Maybe. Um, and we also have to remember that a 24, I think they very much made this film for the Academy. Like they were trying to make this for the Oscars. They were not making this film for wrestling fans, despite the fact that they did throw in some Easter eggs for guys like us, like hardcore wrestling fans. And, and that's why whenever some of our colleagues went and watched it they didn't like it is because of that fact the stadium show scene and the different ways that people died and that didn't really reflect the actual true story leaving chris out like people did have problems with that but i because i knew what they were trying to go for i I just didn't have that big of a problem with it same
2: name didn't none of that stuff bothered me but it's something i think that could be addressed the one thing that did bother me was the guy that got to play
1: rick flair
2: what the fuck i knew that was coming
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like that was. I honestly like. I haven't done acting since I was seventeen, and I could have done a better job playing Ric Flair. Like, I I think I could have done way better than that guy. He just like his body didn't look right, his face didn't look right, and then the, the Aaron, mannerisms he didn't have down. It was just a cheap, horrible imitation of Flair.
0: So it's Aaron Dean Eisenberg is the actor who played Ric Flair, and here's the thing. I I've been thinking about this a lot because it bothered me as well, and everyone's got a rick flair impersonation in their pocket right everyone goes woo and does that who grew up in that time period who knows wrestling but i feel like if someone did an impersonation like that it would have felt cheap as well like see, I don't it think... felt like he was trying to make it his own and it he definitely didn't come off as...
2: he definitely was trying to make it his own but he's dressed like rick flair he's like yeah. trying. he is rick if it had been like if his, his name was like flair <laughs> yeah You're if right. they'd called him dan davis which you know wrestling fans It'd have been different. He could have an amalgamation character, but it wasn't. It's Rick Flair. Woo, woo. That's yeah. how Rick Flair woos, and the guy goes woo like that. It's like that's not the Flair woo. That's yeah. not how it's supposed to be. And it felt to me like the guy didn't do the research because Rick Flair has this cadence to how he talks. Mm, yes, and Will Ferrell did it better in Eastbound and Down than yeah than this guy. And it was it just disappointing. The guy who played Harley Race wasn't quite right. I thought either, he did good.
1: Was- I, I, you know what? I thought he very much looked the part, and I thought he had Holly Race's cadence down. He looked he it, and I cadence. thought he had his cadence down. Like off, you can't. Right. I'll give you that. Yeah, but so with the voice, I forgive the voice because that is a not everybody is a voice actor, right? A lot of comedians can do that. Like I, I thought he had everything else down, so I thought I gave him a thumbs up. I, I was fine.
2: I was fine with the guy who played Harley, um, yeah. Kevin Anton. Yeah, he was fine. Uh, the flare was bad i was just like man they, I, yeah. I just wish they come to use i i almost because they did use some archival footage in the yeah, i almost yeah. wish they were using they would use some flare archival footage or a goddamn ai voice at this point like <laughs> yeah i was it was it took me out of the movie to be honest with you yeah. because it's flair he I, he's still an. he's still I'm just gonna bother some arrest when i say this but he's still a cultural icon yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah i didn't even grow up loving wrestling like you guys and even I was like that's not Rick yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah anybody with a YouTube account has seen some Rick flair promos because they just get shared everywhere because it sure. got really big within sports community and the hip-hop community and uh, so the only other thing that really bothered me about the movie was and this is something that I just I it didn't bother me early on in the movie but as <laughs> it went along and one scene in particular was just how small Jeremy Allen white was in comparison to how big Kerry von eric actually is we talked about the liver king earlier david that's carry yeah. von eric they're like they're not that far off from this carry von eric like six foot three like 270 pounds chiseled for granted he looks like arnold schwarzenegger right yeah. jeremy allen white's five foot six 160 pounds with a little yeah. bit of Decadura ball in his butt cheeks and so there was once the the one scene where he's coming back after winning the intercontinental title and he gives fritz the the six shooter, Right. For for Christmas, which is that was actually a true story. He comes in with this girl who is like four inches taller than him. And she's probably five foot nine. And then he just and he's wearing this belt. He just looks like one of the fans at the arena playing wrestler like that. (laughs) Like he really does. And so he looked like a Carrie Von Eric action figure versus Carrie Von Eric. Like, honestly, Zac Efron, if they would have just swapped roles, Zac Efron probably would have made a very great Carrie von eric but he was a star of the movie and the story is about kevin. it's not so much about it's about kevin it's not so much about all the guys dying it's about how kevin survived it and how kevin mm-hmm. moved yeah. on and took care of his family and how he's living his life now So and zach's the big star so he had to be the kevin but he was so jacked he could have played carrie
2: yeah and i thought about that too it's like yeah kevin looks like carrie and carrie looks like kevin because yeah. or Kevin had a leaner build. Kerry like, always had like more like a lean build. The guy who played David, I thought, looked like David. Like, I mm. thought that was pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah, I think he was. And yeah. Mike, too. The guy who played and Mike, was, Mike. What was, what was interesting, Mike, is um when they do, because this, the, in the movie, they do a press conference with Kevin and Mike after Mike comes out of the, after comes out of the coma. And it feels weird in the movie. And all I can think of this is even weirder in real life. Yeah, like, when dude, you see the he... real...
1: I Go thought ahead. they nailed that scene. I, I really they thought did. they nailed that scene. They did. And But honestly, the real-life press conference, I don't know, Dave, if you had a chance to check it out. No. It's, it's even creepier. creepier than what happened in the movie. Dude, this brother, Mike, like, I, I, I honestly, and he, and he wrestled for two more years, believe it or not. People don't know that. Like, he, he actually stuck around after that. Like, it's like watching a dead person talk legitimately. Yep. It's the creepiest thing you've ever seen in your life.
2: His eyes and, are full of blood. Legitimately, there's blood in yeah. his eyes. He, does, he looks dead. And- yeah the actor i can't remember his name is acting dead watching the real mike von eric risen from the grave is one of the creepiest things stanley they tried they did it, diamonds yeah Simons. he's really good he's really good yeah. as mike von eric he really did a great job portraying the uh, distant post like post-mortem mike basically but like in real life when you see it from mike von eric it's a thousand times scarier it's one of those things like man life can't like sometimes art doesn't quite imitate life just well enough but it's a great scene yeah
0: i think you guys are pointing to something that that my girlfriend said and i agree too that they didn't do a great at times they did but not really they didn't do a great job of letting you un, understand how much time was actually passing in the movie
1: yeah because it feels
0: so. like he comes out of the hospital and then he goes kills himself right like you get yeah. no sense of him wrestling for two more years and trying right. Right.
2: they do they, they truncate the timeline a lot like the thing with carrie losing his foot that did happen but that was two years that was a year after no two two years after he lost the title like mm-hmm. i get why they moved it up because it makes for it does make for a better story in real life carrie goes to japan and loses the title to rick back back to rick like 10 days later we didn't yeah. have a very long reign with it and He did lose his the, the, they don't do this in the movie but in real life what happened this is again this thing carrie loses the foot but they were able, the doctors were able to reconstruct it and he's in the hospital. So they rebuilt Carrie's foot. And he's so fucked up on pets that when he's in his hospital, someone left a burger end of his room and he stood up to walk over to get the burger and he crushed his brand new foot. And they had
1: to amputate it after that. Oh my God. And, and then he ends up wrestling for years after that with a prosthetic foot and, and he's always killed out of his mind, but He was still pretty successful after that with a prosthetic foot. And honestly, nobody knew about the foot until like years later. Like there was a rumor, but he constantly kept his boot on. Like even like before the matches and after the matches, he would go shower and he would leave his boots on because he did not want anybody to see that he had a prosthetic foot. He didn't want anybody knowing about that thing. It it was the craziest thing.
2: I didn't know. I didn't know he had a prosthetic foot. till the mid to late two thousands, to be honest with you, like, I, I had no idea.
0: That's it's funny. I'll say that too. The A twenty four is an art house, yeah. independent art house film, and I will say that's the scene that made me really feel like this is an art house movie. Other than that, <laughs> I, everything was great. Is after he gets back from Japan, won the title, goes for that motorcycle ride scene. Is such an art house scene where it's just the headlight on the road going for 10 (laughs) minutes. You see a car and then his face and then he wakes up and he's, you know, missing the foot. It was like
2: low budget,
1: low budget. But uh, it happened.
2: That act. That was real. That whole thing actually did happen. And not the day
0: he got back from
2: winning, though.
1: Not no. Day. It was a couple years later. Yeah, was yeah. Because as JD said, he won the title from Flair in in Texas, I think, in May at the Stadium Show. The up until that, like they had the attendance record and the gate record at that point, I believe, and which I think WWF broke it a couple years later in in Detroit, but Detroit. Um. Yeah, but he ends up losing it back, dropping it right back to Flair. Like he was never supposed to win that title. They gave it to him because his brother had died, and this was such a big show. So Flair mm-hmm. came in, in what wrestling terms they call put him over, or did the honors, or did the favors. Basically, mm-hmm. means he lost. He went ahead and lost the title to him. But Kerry was just always so fucked up; he couldn't be trusted that they had to make him drop the title right back. And plus, Flair was the biggest star outside of Hulk Hogan in the world at that time. And so they there was nobody else that could be the champion because he had to go to all these little territories and go in and increase their gates and increase their television ratings and make everybody believe that the local hero could actually beat Ric Flair. And then in the end, Flair would always either win by cheating or he'd lose by disqualification and keep his title, things like that. Like, Flair had to be the champion. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't one the texas territory needed the von ericks to survive
2: especially at that yeah. point you couldn't do wrestling is different than it is now because we think of wrestling with like, like wwe or AEW where you have these like the shows that travel around the country yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like that in the 80s this was the era it changed like in the 80s and before that every territory we call them territories right but every yeah. had their own wrestling promotion fritz von erick was the promoter of north texas Right, So he mm-hmm. ran shows from the Dallas-Fort Worth area south, and eventually he bought into San Antonio. And Texas itself had like four or five different territories. So like everywhere, yeah, they, like Dave, you're from Philadelphia. You would have lived in the the old WWF territory. I'm from okay. Chicago. I would have lived in the the AWA slash WWA, Vern Guy and Dick the Bruiser territory. Mike is originally from Missouri. He would have lived in Bob oh, Geigle. Sir,
1: sorry, uh, you're when I was in uh, Cal- California. California. I lived that. in Missouri for, for four years right. when I was a teenager, though. <laughs> were
2: you, okay, is, we're getting tactical. Were, were yeah. you living in the Territory or the LaBelle Territory,
1: sir? Or you know California what, I don't know Southern what, California? I was in Central California, but they used to come up Central. to Bakersfield, so it would have been the it would have been LaBelle Territory, because okay. I was closest to Bakersfield. But the uh, Roy Shire would come down to Fresno, and I was like in between, so I could have made the Fresno shows, too. <laughs> so yeah that and again and same with me because i'm from half t-
2: chicago was divided half of it was for verne Gagne and the awa there and half was dick the Bruiser in the wwa but that's how it was like every tv market memphis famously everyone had their own and the wwe mm-hmm. started doing the track and they but they had a traveling champion the nwa world champion would go to all these different territories and you had to right. believe that the local hero could beat the world champion and that's why rick flair is any depending on who you believe anywhere between the 16 and the 23 time world Heavyweight Champion. Right. Cause you've yeah. lost frequently and he, would get the belt back. He,
1: yeah. He would go in and he would lose it to the local hero. And then they would go mm-hmm. overseas and drop it right back to him. And that way, the local hero, like the, they wouldn't see him actually get his ass beat.
2: Yeah. They would, they just said Bill, Mercer, that Carrie Eric was cheated by Ric Flair out of the title. Yeah. Like terrible Bill Mercer impression. <laughs> Dave, as a, I don't want to use the term civilian because there's an actual military guy in the show, but as a non wrestling, <laughs> as a non wrestling fan, what did, like, for my, cannot talk about we can't real stuff right with this movie we're in we're incapable of just looking at this as a movie for someone who just saw the movie what did what were your thoughts on it dave hello no
0: (laughs) okay like i said it's a good movie it's not i don't look at this as a wrestling movie like i look at it as a movie of the von eric family and wrestling was just the background of it like you guys said it could be in a movie about a a band it could have been a movie about four military friends that, that banded together and had tragedy happen to them. I thought it was interesting. They kept trying to use this theme of the, the Von Eric curse throughout yeah. the movie. They really played hard into that, I think, at times. Without so, putting it even in your I, face. What?
2: I think they actually believe it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you're I'm, like, I'm sure. sure. But, but, like, they Von also Erich.
0: didn't... Like it wasn't like the von Eric curse and the whole movie was based around that and they made it like a spooky thing. They just put it in there like they believed it, right? Like you said. But yeah, no, it was good. It was interesting to see, like I said, the behind-the-scenes stuff that no one gets to normally see or they don't talk about, right? Because how do I say this without offending you two? Because
1: uh, <laughs> you can't offend
0: us. Mike, yeah. you can <laughs> and JD's my friend.
2: Everyone <laughs> and, and I, I,
0: I hate Are you trying to tell fake? us that
2: wrestling is fake, sir? Because we're aware. We uh, no I hate, shit. We all. I hate, all know I hate
0: using the word fake, though because it does require athleticism. You have to be able to take hits and to do this and whatnot.
2: We're aware. We know. We, we, we we've been letting this <laughs> secret for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. I was. I was. But but yet
0: on the show when you're watching it, when you're at the arena, or you're watching it on TV. They have to keep up this this guys that this is all real. This is they really have these beefs, they're really having these fights. And it was cool to watch the one scene where they're all backstage and they're talking about I'll do this move, you do this move, do like I'm sure that there's a little more to it in real life to how they plan this out. And I'm sure it's not a five no. minute conversation before.
2: Really? Well, back in the day, that's what it was. Now it's like they had to tell, now they have, they tell everyone exactly what they're going to do almost move for move. And it's almost pre, it's almost rehearsed in a lot of cases. But back then yeah. it'd be like, okay, you do this, I do this, da 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 da. And a lot of times they would quote unquote call it in the ring where the heel's job was to, the bad guy was to like, they would go out there, and they would feel the crowd and they would just do the match in the ring. Like we call it working. We're like, you just wrestle basically. And then like you, like the veteran has an idea of how to feel the crowd out and how to, when to build to a climax and when to bring them down. Now it's very much, much more programmed. But if you listen to Mike and I show or any show like Mike and I, we don't talk about this happened in wrestling and this is what's going on in the story. This is all we talk about is what goes on backstage. Like most wrestling fans could like are far more interested in the machinations behind the scenes than they oh, yeah. are of what's going on in the ring. I don't think I'm crazy when I say that, Mike. Am I right?
1: No. we. So the, the weird thing about pro wrestling is it's very much, you know, sometimes like to, to relate it to movies because they're very much like producing, hat like they have actual agents and producers, like right. putting mm-hmm. matches together, and like they have writers, like especially in WWE, they have like Hollywood writers writing scripts, like full-blown scripts for, like how a feud and a rivalry is going to start and climax and end. They have they have writers writing out their exactly what they're they're going to say in their promos and things like that. There's other small smaller promotions that don't have. It's not as Hollywood eyes that kind of like make things up on the fly a lot more. But with pro wrestling, it's super interesting because what we do, it's like covering a sport at times because we cover injuries we mm-hmm. cover contract talks we cover like free agency we cover stuff like that but then we cover it like it would be like covering the theater and then, it, and then it, because it very much is a play it's very much a theater like and then we also cover it like the comic book business or like the movie business as well which is why jd is so fluid between the two genres he can go back and forth because there really are a lot of similarities yeah. uh, between the two
0: the, the the thing that struck me is afterwards, my girlfriend turned to me and said, okay, like, it's all fake, but I didn't understand why Eric still wanted the title or why like any of them are thing. And I'm like, but it's like being a rock star. And the idea is yeah. you're trying to win over the crowd, right? Like a band who performs in front of a crowd, even if they're most musically gifted people in the world, if they have no presence and they can't get the audience involved with what they're doing no one cares and no one's going to promote them and and build them up it's the same kind of thing like they're working a crowd and the guys who can do it the best get moved up right because it gets them ratings it makes money for everyone and and that's how it works but yeah she couldn't understand like why someone would want a fake title and i'm like it's not really fake in that
1: sense so i and i would explain it to her like like this it would be like zach efron winning the oscar yeah. Like that's going to be like being the NWA champion in the eighties would be like winning an Academy award. Or if you're a rock star winning a Grammy, what rock stars and what actors want most is probably the most money. Sometimes, but in pro wrestling, to get the most money back in those days, you had to be a, a drawing champion. Or there were there were some guys that didn't really need the title. There was like Bruiser Brody and Andre the Giant that didn't really, and Roddy Piper. They were just real famous guys that could make a lot of money. But those are like your action stars, right? That was, yeah. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is never going to win an Oscar, but he probably would make the most money in the 80s. It's a similar thing, but Ric Flair was like your Academy Award winner, right? Yeah. He was the guy.
2: So there's a great conversation in the movie about the subject when uh, it's the first yes. date between Pam and Kevin and uh, she could say that like She doesn't, they handled this very deftly. And I, I was really impressed with how this was very tactful, especially when it regards to kayfabe is the term that we use as the veneer of professional wrestling. It's called kayfabe. Mm-hmm. He said, he explains it just like a job. When I win a title, it's like a job promotion when you're yep. moving on up through the job and like having a title is recognition of a job. Well done. Like you are doing good. You are someone who is helping us. This is, there is a title belt. And there are guys that don't, <clears throat> and I think it's too, you don't, if you lose all the time, you will never get over. Yeah. You're the crowd. thinks yeah. You're a loser. So that's why guys would be like, Nope, not in the back in the day. You don't see it quite as much anymore. Back in the day, guys would be like, Nope, no, not doing the job, not putting them, yeah. not, not doesn't work for me. Brother has the phrase. Goes.
1: Right. And it's, and it's a little bit different and it can be more complex within pro wrestling because Zach Efron wins the Oscar Kevin Von Erich, you know, in the movie does not, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. but Kevin Von Erich and Kevin Atkinson, they're they're one in the same. Kevin Atkinson is playing Kevin Von Erich, but he's playing that, that's his character 24-7. And so he has to play that character and he has to get that character to be so popular that the promoters will want him to have that title. And then that's how he can make the most money. And that, that's how he gets his job promotion. It's And that's where wrestling... It's just, it's much different than Hollywood. There's a lot of similarities, but it's much different because Hollywood actors go play different characters in different roles. Yeah. In wrestling, a lot of times, the character that you're playing at 19 and 20, you're probably going to have that same name when you're 67, right? Now, there's going to be evolutions to that character. You're going to go from a good guy, a hero to a villain, or in pro wrestling vernacular, babyface to a heel. You're going to go back and forth. You're going to have different character arcs, but ultimately Sting, right? The pro wrestler Sting, he wears the crow makeup and all this and that. He's been called Sting since 1985 when he Mm -hmm. came out. Even earlier, yeah, when he came out of Power Team USA, he was Sting, and he had a little bit of face makeup here and there, and then he loses a little bit of weight, and he gets the blonde crew cut and he has like full-blown patriotic makeup and they call him surfer sting and then all of a sudden hulk hogan you know starts the nwo and all the fans and everybody's thinking sting's gonna be a bad guy and join him he feels like everybody turned against him so now he paints his face white and does white squigglies the movie crow the brandon lee character and then it just continues to evolve over time but he's sting right steve borden is sting and steve borden they're one and the same so when sting wins the world heavyweight championship so does steve borden right that's the big difference between the two
2: weird. It's weird because it's very hard for the pro wrestlers. They say to turn off their character sometimes, and you hear a lot of stories about how Richard fleer is gone. It's been Rick Flair since 1975. Yeah, and that like that guy that whoever Richard fleer was, that guy's gone. Like Rick yeah. Flair, like he is the character. Izzy McClure says, "I'm always tell you to watch wrestling isn't for them because it's fake." Then I tell him how much they like Game of Thrones. It's also like, yeah, I do that all the time yeah. too. Like people yeah. like it's fake, right? Like, no, I did not know that. Thank you for telling me. That's why we like it, is because wrestling is cool. It's it's a mixture of like drama and it's athletics, all that mixed into one. And then if you get to the level like Mike and I are on, then you get the backstage stuff. You talk about the business things. Like we're definitely acolytes of Dave Meltzer and that whole world, like the smart world as they call it. We appreciate le- wrestling on multiple levels. Who I is- write about it all the time.
0: Who was the uh, see? you guys are going to know this off the top of your head. And I, I know when it happened, I remember seeing it when it happened, but I can't remember the wrestler and the reporter that was involved. But the report, one reporter was saying, ask him about being fake. And the guy mm-hmm. like hit him. And says, does that feel fake?
2: That would be, uh, that would be John Stossel of 2020 and Dr. D David Schultz.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So in the eighties, it's not like this anymore, but in the eighties and, and beyond, and before that pro wrestlers were taught, to make it feel real at all times, despite right. how hokey the shit that they were doing in the ring was. If anybody said that it was fake or if they challenged that, the, like you, you almost had to be a tough guy and you had to portray a tough guy. You had to get into fights and bars and things like that. And then you had to wait. If you lost promoter would kick you out of the territory. You have to go up the road and go to a different territory because oh the, lo- the locals wouldn't believe that you're a tough guy. So when that reporter yeah. did that to Dr. D like, Nobody was surprised that Schultz hit him because that's just what they did back then. Now, this just happened to be in Vince McMahon's territory in, in New York, and they were going mainstream at the time, and it became a huge story. That That incident happened with magazine writers and newspaper writers and fans, and there's a famous story where a Dory Funk Sr. of Amarillo, Texas was at a restaurant with his young son, Terry Funk, who ended up becoming the group, probably one of the greatest pro wrestlers that ever lived and somebody came into the restaurant and told dory funk that it was fake and he beat the ever-loving shit out of him and put him in a hospital and he did it right in front of everybody in front of his sons and he was so famous and popular in that town the cops didn't arrest him they didn't do nothing because that was dory funk he ran the area right? right and so that's just the way that it was but pro wrestlers nowadays they very much like being celebrities like that part is important to them. They like crossover, like John Cena, like The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Dave Batista, Steve Austin did a bunch of movies. Like they like that. So a lot of these folks, they you know shot Sasha Banks, Mercedes Moniz, she's in The Mandalorian, right? So yeah, there's a, they like telling people that hey, we're we're athletic actors. We like to do stunt work, but we also we can do drama. We can do comedy. We can do action. We can do whatever you need us to do. And we would love to leave this business and stop putting our bodies on the line and go do what you guys do and make a lot more money. And that's well, the, the Rock thing. will
0: do it, whatever, as long as he's in a jungle.
1: But- yeah.
2: I mean, he's coming back, <laughs> yeah. too. So he, he's back, actually. That's well, funny you say that. No, and that's the thing, too, is wrestlers also like talking about guys like Kenny Omega and Bret Hart before him will talk about the art of pro wrestling. And they talk about how what they do is artistic and it's their expression and, like, how they tell stories. And stuff. so back in the day, choreograph may be a better word. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. They're choreographed. Yeah. Like, choreographed is a perfect term for it. Like... They talk about why they do what they do or how they do it, like it's no different than what we do here on this show. It's no different than like when you yeah. talk to or, or like when the co we interview a coach, hey, why'd you run that play on third and two? And I'll explain yeah. why you did the same. Pro wrestling is this weird amalgamation of fiction and sports, and there's nothing like wrestling, Cuisinart, something, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> All right. We could really have gotten off the topic of this movie,
2: though. But uh, I, think, I think it's important, but I think that's actually, I think that's a big part of it, because the Von Eriks were in the dying days of kayfabe, right? And those boys grew up thinking what their dad did was real. They didn't get, here's the truth, they didn't get, we call this smart up, learning the truth. They didn't learn the truth until they started working themselves, yeah. Right. Those guys, these wrestlers from back in the day lied to their kids. They lied to their families and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them made them think what they do was real so that you respect it. Respect for the business was important, right? So a lot of what this is the problem with Fritz is he had to put on this veneer of Eric family was, and it winds up cause he didn't want anyone to know that his kids were junkies. He didn't want anyone to know that he was a shitty fa- the father, like and the part of that was protecting the kayfabe, the same way you protect the business. It's all the same. It's this inability to let people in that forces, especially in that era, because you're lying constantly, 24-7, right? And the only yeah. time you, you have to let go is when you're chemically altered. It's the only time yeah. you have to let loose. And that's a big reason why a lot of these guys are dead. I think it's a big – we don't talk about this, enough, but I think that's a reason why – things have changed for that generation in particular. Drugs has always been a big problem in wrestling, but like this necessity to keep this kayfabe alive is hard, right? And like, that's gone. Yeah. And I think that and the changes to the culture have, have helped. Do we joke about AJ Styles looking phenomenal at 47? Like these dudes at 47 back in the 80s would look like old men, right? <laughs> and it's the the hard lives that they lived. It was yeah. eating them up and spitting them out. That's but that's all part of the world that is the Iron Claw.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, I think we both have said this JD. Um Zach Afron is amazing in this movie, right? Oh, he's like, great.
2: He should be yeah. nominated for an Oscar.
0: I was about to say, do do you think this
2: Yeah. movie
0: and or at least some of the cast will get nominated? I I
1: think them I think the movie, I think Zach and probably Holt McCallany for Fritz. I think the like that would be my guess, yeah.
2: I could see those. I could see Jeremy Allen White. It wasn't big. I think he's excellent playing Carrie. He's not quite. He makes Carrie his own. And I think he's very in in a supporting role. I think Jeremy Allen White is, is really good. I think Zach Zac Efron. I think it's the performance of his career. Quite frankly, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm I, gonna. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, go ahead. Honestly, I hope it's nominated. I hope it's nominated for an Oscar because I think it deserves it. Okay, right, now I'm gonna
0: ask you something, and. Or I'm going to point something out, and it's something that we don't—we kind of stuff we avoid talking about on this show. But given the new rules for the Oscars for <laughs> the the best movie, I, does this movie even qualify?
1: It what might mean, not, because they, not enough minority candidates it, or LGBTQ it, people. In the, in the movie, asked, yeah, right? yeah, because it this is very much a movie about this, a white family in the this, '80s. This movie this is, is a very white movie. Yeah. Is very white movie. Yeah, it's very white movie.
2: Well, I didn't think about that until you just said that. And, and ten, that's, that would be unfair because it's a great movie. But yeah, yeah. With, with 10 films to be nominated, I hope that consider Now, honest to God, I hope well, Godzilla won't get there's talk of Godzilla getting nominated for best foreign language film. And I hope it does. I think it is. Yeah. So I don't think it'll get the main Oscar nom, but I think it'll get foreign language nomination. There's a lot that came out this year that that is very I think Barbie will get nominated to to be frank. I don't think I'm talking about school. When I say Yeah, you Barbie be JD. Don't be frank. Oh, I think that I think Barbie gets nominated. So I think that's going to check a lot of boxes. And I hope that it's nominated. nominee, get 10 nominations. And it's not been a phenomenal year for movies, quite frankly. No, so it hasn't. I, I think that I think it'll get nominated. And I think because it's a small movie, it'll get like people like that movie got nominated. It'll be that movie. It won't win, but I don't think it'll get it'll catch a nomination.
1: And, and maybe I know the cast wasn't very diverse, but maybe the people making the movie was diverse enough to get them to uh, to check all those boxes to be able to get nominated hope so kassan
0: doesn't think anyone cares about the uh, oscars anymore i think some people still i think people care i
2: don't think it's as big as it was but i I, think the
0: the industry still cares because they still use that yeah because let's if you're an actor you care because if you win an oscar you can ask for more money
2: yeah yeah producers care they wouldn't spend the money that they a24 wouldn't be wouldn't exist because like i said they made 25 million dollars on a 15 million dollar movie like you're making money but it's not like big money but what fuels them is oscar seasons yeah exactly. and this yeah, is so a,
1: when, when i was a kid if something had oscar nominated on the title at the video store like I, w- I would actually pay extra attention to see if that'd be a movie that i would like it was like yeah. it was either oscar nominated or academy award winner or two thumbs up by siskel and ebert then i was going to give it a shot
0: i do think my opinion on the oscars is since they after they begrudging, begrudgingly, begrudgingly begrudgingly gave the oscar to the lord of the rings return of the king to like for all of the movies because they kept (laughs) snubbing them i think after that they stopped trying to give it to popular movies at all yeah
2: they did that's Um, there's a lot to that yeah you don't the last few have been outside the box so i'm thinking that i don't know i honestly think it's probably gonna be barbie this year i do i think that's probably where it'll be barbie or and oppenheimer will be up there too but i just i have a hunch that's where the wind is blowing.
1: I was thinking probably Barbie, because it's very much a man-hater movie, and I think the Academy will like that. <laughs> and, and Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, will get a lot of nods, but just because of Scorsese, even though I was bored to tears by it. I, didn't I think Rebel Moon bark.
0: wins all of the Oscars.
1: Rebel Moon? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Killers Killer the Flower Moon... It, It didn't quite catch the zeitgeist the way a lot of Scorsese films do. So it probably gets nominations because it's a Scorsese movie, but it doesn't seem to have the type of buzz his stuff usually does.
1: And and because of the story that they were telling and the content they were covering, it was a story that I think I would say needed to be brought some attention to, modern attention to. I know it was a big story back in the day. I I think that it'll get some nods because of that too.
0: And Here's the other thing I'm going to say too, right? because of the Oscars movies like this exist right you, you said that and I think it's good for people like Zach Efron because it shows his acting range and he's no longer going to just be the pretty boy like
2: he can get some mm-hmm. serious roles off of them. he's done some lately and he's his stuff like into his 30s he's really grown as an actor and he's pushed mm-hmm. himself into taking those things so I do think this is going to help him further because actors don't want to just do blockbusters man they want to challenge themselves they want to do something right. that matters so i think these we need these movies we need movies like this that aren't just popcorn flicks and this is not a popcorn flick this is a drowning yourself in your popcorn flick <laughs> very much all right i think we can
0: i think we can wrap this one up let's let's end as we normally do with these kind of things and let's go around the room give our final thoughts on the film and a score one through ten because i know you love that part jd <laughs> mike you can go first
1: you know what? I It was a very good movie, not a perfect movie. It did have some flaws, but it is definitely a movie that I would uh, have everybody go out of the way to check out, especially if they're not a pro wrestling fan. I think that if they're a wrestling hardcore nerd and they like to just pick things apart and overthink it, I would say probably not the movie for you, but because that, I'm going to probably go like 7.5. It's a great, like an A minus like that. I, I, wow. I really enjoyed it. Okay.
2: JD? 8.5 one of my favorite movies of the year i didn't get to delve into the production elements or they talked a little bit about the cinematography it's a it's such a well-made movie it's very artistic the scene where carrie is in heaven they do a scene where carrie is basically in heaven mm-hmm. and it just yeah. it gets it got me and yeah. i just stuff like that just really helped put it over the top for me again I, did, I had to divorce myself a little bit from my wrestler brain but it really spoke to me
0: okay yeah i'm gonna echo your score jd I think I gave Godzilla nine and I would put this like a little below Godzilla for the year for me. So an 8.5. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. I am. I am glad my girlfriend said, I want to go see that Ephron movie. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. And I think if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Cause this is definitely going to at least be nominated for a couple Oscars. So go check it out. I hope so. All right. Well, on that note, uh let's wrap this one up. Let's see. Do we can go around the room? Do you either a, have recommendations or did you learn something on the podcast this week and and mike you're our guest so you can go first
1: yeah i learned that tampons are not good christmas gifts uh, from, <laughs> our, from our friend dave i never thought to buy I never thought to buy that for somebody I for christmas but I, you know as a husband i've been a husband for eight years i always go to the store whenever it's that time and i make sure not only to get those but i also grab some chocolate at the same time that's always a big winner for all you married fellows out there that have to go to the store for the wise. So if you're going to buy one, you have to buy the chocolate too. Now, but that is what I learned
2: today.
0: Mike, you're a pro. I love it. I love it. He's love the callback. He's a pro. <laughs> and I will recommend you check out the Mike and JD show. If you're a superhero speak fan, cause you'll get a lot of wrestling talk over there.
2: <laughs> all right. And- JD and good conspiracy talk echo Mike's sentiments my wife prefer i not buy her those feminine hygiene things she would rather take care of that herself and i respect her boundaries and will allow her to do such things but i also learned i made the assumption that wouldn't be a better a good gift for anybody that was confirmed on this show so usually i don't learn (laughs) shit but this week i picked something up recommendations i will also recommend That you check out the Mike and JD show. Mike and I have a really good time with this every week. Hosting two podcasts a week is a little much for me sometimes, but I have a blast getting to talk to some of my best friends in the world every week when it comes to both of you guys. I really enjoy the time I spend with both of you. I really like doing both these shows, and it lets me flex muscles that I don't normally get to do when I wouldn't even get a chance to do it all if it weren't for both of you guys. Thanks. Having my worlds collide was a lot of fun today.
0: All right, I'm going to embarrass myself. What was the term that you guys use about the wrestling? The, K-fabe. the veneer. Kayfabe. That's what K-fabe. I learned to speak. Kayfabe. I'll have to remember that. And um, d-
1: just real quick, Kayfabe stands for B-fake because of speaking in Carney. So in Carney, they try to speak backwards a little bit. So it was, stands for B-fake. Yeah. Really? JD? <laughs> Look it up, JD. B-fake. That's where I it came from. That. Yeah. I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> I did learn something on this show. Yeah
1: so, oh, yeah. so the carnies, whenever they were trying to fool people at the carnival... And one of the regular or like a civilian would come by, and they were trying to talk about how they were going to fool people. K-fabe, they they, K-fabe. they would take right? As to, and that meant okay, now you have to switch your language over. You got to be fake. You got to be on now. They because wrestling started in the carnivals, they just kept that terminology and brought it over into pro wrestling. So yeah, kayfabe means be fake, but it's actually a word in the Oxford Dictionary now, so we can all use it. Cool.
0: All right. Blimey. I will also I will also recommend go see go subscribe to the Mike and JD podcast if you're not already over there if you're watching this on Mike and JD's come subscribe to Superhero Speak yes help build up JD's ego because he needs that I also I recommend you can head over to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to all our social media at the top of the page book produced by good friend Chris more are coming this year I've talked to Chris everything is fine he was sick for a oh, little good. while but he's back to uh, his old self and he's going to start doing some more writing soon. And uh, yes. And I also recommend if you see John, boo him (laughs) for not not going to see this movie. I don't know what we're talking about next week. We will figure that out later, but until then, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let you get caught in the door. Have a good week.